0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: All right, Giant fans, Cowboy fans, welcome to the crossover segment of the Locked On Giants podcast, also the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and Landon McCool is now with me on the line, and I'm joining him over also on his podcast, and Landon, we got a lot to talk about, Monday Night Football, Giants, Cowboys, does it get any better than
0: that? No, it feels like uh, this is the game that I've been watching for the entirety of my life, right? (laughs) cowboys and giants on monday night or sunday night it's uh this is you know every year this these games are so much fun for both our sides is the rivalry has clearly been long strong for over a decade so every year uh, i look forward to these matchups and it doesn't really matter what's the state of our two teams are it's this is usually a pretty good matchup
1: it certainly is and it's usually a primetime matchup yeah. so we're going to break down some of the uh, pressing issues, and I think we've got to start uh, with the acquisition of Michael Bennett. The Cowboys picked him up off the bye week. Why was the move made, and and what are you expecting from Bennett?
0: Well, you know, we had lost Tyrone Crawford, who had been kind of a—I mean, he's a starter at defensive end, but really his role for our defense was kind of as an inside-outside player. And, and uh, the— the guy that I guess that I would compare him to, as far as a role goes, that at least Giants fans would be familiar with, is is kind of Justin Tuck, You know, where where he could he could play some defensive end outside, uh, but then he gets kicked inside uh, on pass rushdowns often. Um, you know, usually in a one gapping situation with 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 all these with with either whether he's inside or outside, uh, and so Tyron Crawford came into the season with hip bursitis on one side, and unfortunately it didn't get better, and then he developed bursitis on the other side of his hip. So they basically had to shut him down. Um, So the Cowboys were kind of in the market for uh, a guy to come in and take some snaps on the outside, but also to provide some serious pass rush on the interior as well. Uh, Michael Bennett certainly fit that bill um, and is is a more experienced version of, of what Tyron Crawford has provided for them. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the, the Patriots were looking to get rid of uh, a piece that maybe wasn't as good a fit as they had hoped. Uh, and the they they turned to something in, uh, nothing into something by, by trading him for a low-round pick, considering that he was basically inactive every week for them.
1: Now, speaking of trades, there was a very... War- I would say probably hot rumor that the Jets I'm sorry the Cowboys were looking to get Jets safety Jamal Adams that of course did not materialize so with the trade deadline now a thing of the past what are the Jets doing at safety
0: you know it's interesting because uh, you know they the Cowboys had shown interest in uh, Jamal Adams earlier in the season and there had been a lot of talk about the potential for a trade you know, a couple of weeks previous, I think actually before the Cowboys played the Jets. Um, and since then, it kind of had died off. It's interesting that as we got closer to the trade d- deadline, I mean, you know, even the final minutes before the trade deadline, we kept on hearing more and more, uh, you know, heat about the Cowboys talking to the Jets about a potential trade partner. I-, I wonder if maybe somebody from Jamal Adams' camp let it be known that he would like to go to the Cowboys. And that's kind of what restarted all this this uh, uh, conversation. Um, but I, I I don't know that the Jets were ever really that serious about trading trading Jamal Adams. It sounds like they wanted something similar to the Jalen Ramsey compensation for Adams, and that's just that's too much for a, for a guy that's essentially a box safety. Um, so I think for the Cowboys they kicked the tires a little bit, um, but when they found out what the actual price was for them, you know, I think the way that they look at safety is they're willing to upgrade safety if they can get a, a major upgrade at the position. But I don't think that they think it's worth paying to get incrementally better than what they've got in Jeff Heath. So they're willing to trade big to get like, you know, they were willing to go after Earl Thomas and free agency. they were willing to trade something for Jamal Adams. So that shows signs that they're willing to make a move there. I just think that they're not interested in paying you know middle middling middling money for a guy that's only slightly better than what they've got already in house
1: now the Cowboys are coming off a bye week what is their state right now I mean I know they had that tough uh, game against the Eagles They're they're at four and three the Cowboys but they're one and two on the road what is the state of the team at the moment
0: you know, I think it's they—they they just kind of finished a whole roller coaster. I mean, they won three straight up front. They lo- then they lost three straight, and then they come out and and dominate a division opponent, our both of our hated, you know, Eagles opponent, in in in, in good fashion and in, in, in kind of a statement game. Um, so you know, going into the bye, that was a huge boost of morale for the Cowboys. Uh, it felt like things were getting back on track to a certain degree um i think a lot of the issues that they had had previous you know previous to that game and in, in their three game lo- losing streak was uh health related you know that not having their uh offensive line at full strength at, at a time when they were susceptible at, at one point they were starting uh both both starting offensive tackles were out of the game so uh you know i think for the cowboys getting those guys back and healthy is going to be a huge boost and and the fact that they were able to get to and through the bye week without any major injuries outside of uh, Tyrone Crawford. Uh, I think the Cowboys come out of the bye, uh, you know, currently on on a high, but as the season has shown, like, you know, that can all come crashing down with a a bad performance or two. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how quickly they come out of the gate after a a, a well-deserved bye week.
1: Hypothetical question here. What is DeMarcus Ware's obsession with Giants quarterbacks? It always seems like his quotes about the Giants quarterbacks, first Eli Manning, now Daniel Jones, seems to make national headlines. What's the deal with that?
0: DeMarcus Lawrence? Is that you? Yeah. DeMar- yeah, yeah. Yeah, did I say
1: Ware? I'm sorry. DeMarcus <laughs> no, Lawrence. No, yeah.
0: We, trust me, we still get him confused. Uh, too many DeMarcuses. Uh, I, you know, I think he uh, – I think his – Thing with Eli is is more in fun. I mean, he even came out today and said, "Look, I mean, this guy, the guy is going to be a, a, a hall of famer. There's no doubt about it." And 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 and, and kind of walks his comments back. Demarcus, it's it's not. Let me let me be clear. It's not just Eli. It, you know, he he was talking last week about ripping Aaron Rodgers' face off. So, um, it's 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 it's, it's any quarterback that he faces. I think Eli. Probably gets the most work because, frankly, I think Eli's the quarterback he's gone against the most. You know, I think just over these years. So, um, I, you know, I, I think he's he's just he's a mouth. He runs and, and he likes to talk. He's lots of fun in the locker room. Um, so, I, I think if anything, he's not afraid to stir the pot. Uh, and, and I think you know, Eli Manning is an easy target for you know for for him because. He plays for the Giants and the Cowboys obviously don't like the Giants so that it it makes it for an easy, easy target for him.
1: Now, the Giants last time, of course, uh, we faced the Cowboys. uh, The Giants had Eli at quarterback. Now they've got Daniel Jones. How do you anticipate things changing up for the Cowboys in terms of the type of challenge that Daniel Jones can pose to that defense?
0: You know, I think that they're likely to come after him a little bit more than they would have with Eli. I mean, I think, you know, you have, just from the outside, I would view Daniel Jones as a more uh, high-variance player, which is good and bad. You know, I mean, I think the the opportunity for him to make more big plays uh, is definitely there. Uh, but I also think that there's, you know, a, a, a chance that he will – makes a bad place. Cause he's still a young quarterback trying to figure out the NFL. Um, so I think for the, uh, I think for the Cowboys, they are going to just try to attack him, attack him in the pocket, um, make him uncomfortable. I think that, you know, they'll come after him maybe in a way that they wouldn't have come after Eli specifically because they know Eli with all of his experience has seen it all before. and can at least get the ball out. I think to the hot reads and, and not be confused by what he sees, uh, but I think that for the Cowboys, they're going to test that out more uh, with, with the young quarterback to see if, uh, you know, is, can he beat the Blitz? Uh, will, he, will he give the ball up if, uh, if, if they come after him? I think these are all things that the Cowboys defense still needs to figure out about Daniel Jones.
1: And then finally, we hear it, it seems like every time the Giants and Cowboys get together, and I'm sure it's it's also other times too, but it always seems like Jason Garrett is on the hot seat. How <laughs> real is, is are those rumors of him being on the hot seat? I,
0: I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think he's on the hot seat in the sense that, you know, he doesn't have a contract for this year. He uh, is playing kind of without a net. Uh, you know, I think... I don't know that his seat has gotten any hotter or colder than it was at the beginning of the season, because, you know, like I said, he's, he's playing for his job no matter what. And I really don't see a situation honestly, where, I mean, maybe if he had lost that Eagles game, he may have been fired, but I just don't see a, a situation where he's going to get fired, you know, mid season. So I think it's, it's probably pretty warm, but I don't know that it's fluctuating a whole bunch from the beginning of the season until the end, I, I think it's his evaluation will be a season long evaluation, and and then you know Jerry will decide from there whether or not it was good enough for him to uh, come back.
1: All right, Landon, great stuff on the Cowboys. Giant fans, Cowboys fans, stay tuned when we come back after the break. We're going to talk Giants, so we'll be right back.
0: Okay, Patricia, I, I've got some questions here for uh, for. Cowboys fans, on the we need the inside info on what's going on with the Giants. Um, and I, I want to start, you know, frankly, I mean, I, there's really only one place to start, and that's the transition from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, looking back at the first matchup, there are a variety of players uh, that are going to be playing in this game for the Giants that didn't play the first time. Um, we'll we'll get to those. That list, but obviously we have to start with Daniel Jones. There, there's been a kind of a meme, or you know, and, and, and I think people have kind of outside have kind of pointed as Daniel Jones as being Eli Manning. But I, when you watch them, it, they're they're very different players. Uh, what do you think has been the difference for the Giants in the way that they're playing offense with Daniel Jones versus Eli Manning? How how is the Giants' offense? reacted to having a new quarterback leading them
1: they've actually done I would say pretty well and the, a big reason for that I think is Daniel Jones gives them an element that they didn't previously have with Eli Manning and that is the mobility element and I've made this um, comparison a lot of times I think it's really a you know for for what happened here with the Giants but it's kind of like when you're playing a video game and you're stuck on the same level for like countless weeks if not Mm -hmm. months and then all of a sudden you level up and you have all these new tools and abilities that you didn't have before that's what it's been like for the Giants offense Daniel Jones is very accurate with the ball you know he he's still learning to to read coverages he can still be fooled um, as has been the, the case and uh, he doesn't always sense pressure as well as he could but that's these are all learning blocks for him but the one thing he does is he can roll out he, he's not afraid to take off with a ball and scramble um, you know whereas in the past you might see Eli with a uh, two or three scrambles per game for maybe 10 yards if that much Daniel Jones can actually uh, triple those numbers in some cases so that's probably the biggest biggest difference and you know the the thing with him that I'd like to see is him getting the ball out of his hand a little quicker I think right now he's holding on to it a little bit too much uh too long that um he needs to and that could be leading to the increases of sacks that we're seeing from the Giants but overall I would say very positive start for the young man's career
0: yeah I I, I think when you watch everyone that had any doubts on Daniel Jones, I mean, having seen what he's done, been able to do in some of these games, I think it kind of really puts in perspective uh, the the kind of talent that he brings to the position. And, and, and it's, if anything, it's just like a boost of, of confidence. Just a, a different voice sometimes can always help with that sort of thing. I want to talk about uh, one of the other guys who was just uh, not there because of, of, of uh, suspensions, and that's Golden Tate. Um, talk, to, talk to me about what the difference what a difference Golden Tate has made for the Giants since he's come back from his suspension.
1: Well, two things, actually. Number one, Sterling Shepard has been sidelined um, with concussions this season. He's in the, the protocol for the second time this year. And uh, right now, we don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. I mean, hope, the hope is that he will be cleared. My guess is he'll be back after the bye week. Um, but there's an outside chance he could be ready to go for the Monday night game. But getting back to Tate um, one of the things golden Tate does really, really well is he, picks up yards after the catch. So if you can get him, say outside the numbers along the sideline, that's where Tate can really uh, do some damage against the defense. He's not so much um, as effective going over the middle. That's more of Shepard's type of game, but Tate has definitely been a, a good asset in terms of, you know, getting the tough yards after the catch. And I think that's the biggest difference for the Giants. They didn't really have a guy who could, who could do that on a consistent basis.
0: Yeah, and getting a guy like that for your young quarterback is always super important. And uh, it, it it must be frustrating to to kind of get one guy back and then lose the other guy uh, c- consecutively. It feels like it, it's never going to get a full complement of weapons for him. But once he once they do, I I feel like this this offense is going to be a lot more dangerous than the one we saw previous in the season. Uh, and a big part of that, obviously, he was around for the early part of the game. But I just wanted to circle back: is uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, was out for a little while with uh, was it was an ankle injury, right? It, it mm-hmm. a, like a, a low ankle sprain,
1: high um, ankle. Oh,
0: it was a high ankle sprain. Wow, yeah, very tough. Good, good for, mm-hmm. good for him coming back. So how has he played since he's been back? And are you? I mean, I, I definitely saw what I thought was uh, old Saquon uh, uh, in the game running over people. But how has his play been overall since he's been back? Has he shown any signs of that injury uh, in, in these last few games?
1: In the first game back against the Cardinals, yes. I would say he, he didn't look like a guy who was comfortable planting and cutting on that ankle last week against the lions Barkley looked a little bit more like himself. Now the one thing in his game that is still a problem that that seems to have gone a little backwards is his pass protection. Now obviously you say to yourself okay well we don't want him out there pass protecting anyway we want him with the ball in his hands but you know there's going to be instances where he's going to have to do it and that has been Uh, I think the biggest problem for him since he's been back, um, it was a problem last year, maybe not as much as it's been this year. And I don't know how much of the ankle is contributing to that, but as far as running, as far as cutting and doing all the things that Saquon Barkley, you know, makes him so special, looks much, much better than he did when he first came back.
0: A guy like that is a special athlete. And so when he, when he, Loses a little bit of of speed with or whatever with the uh, with the ankle, you tend to notice it. But I didn't seem to notice any kind of uh, loss of burst and certainly not power when he was running. I I definitely see what you were talking about. I think there were times, just watching the last game, where it, it felt like he wasn't delivering blows in the in the pass blocking game the way that he had previously. So, uh, but it's impressive to see him still with that level of burst and running with that level of power on an ankle that probably still doesn't feel very good. Um, I, I wanted to finish up with uh, with the addition you guys had made. And actually it's funny that it ended up that way because Leonard Williams was actually a guy that, from what I understand, the Cowboys had been looking at as well. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I, I thought that the, that the Giants, if they were going to make a trade, would make a trade at a – different position because it felt like they had some good youth here um, and I didn't know that that this was something that they felt like they needed in addition to give me the inside baseball on on what you think about the Leonard Williams trade and 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 the reasoning behind it and and what you think about you know the compensation and, and what all it means for the this Giants defense.
1: Right. The compensation was a third round pick next year's draft and then a conditional fifth in 2021, which can turn into a fourth rounder if the Giants sign Williams to a long term deal. Now, um, my understanding is one of the terms of the trade was the, the Jets picked up i think four million of what was left of leonard Williams' salary which helps the giants who are a little cap strapped right now Mm. um the pick the pickup you know at first i thought why are they picking up a defensive lineman and then you know looking at it you know a little bit more closely i wonder if perhaps dalvin tomlinson is who next year is going to be in the final year of his contract? I wonder if he's a guy that maybe doesn't have a long term future with him. You know, general mm. manager Dave Gettleman has been moving out Jerry Reese draft picks, of which um, I believe Tomlinson is, and he's been replacing them with his own guys. Now, the other thing is, is if you look at the Giants' defense, and I just did this this study actually for um, for Sports Illustrated, but um, if you look at the defense. James Betcher in an effort to try and help that pass defense, which has just been absolutely terrible, he's been devoting extra defensive backs in order to close up some of those loose zones. So that means he's got to pull from somewhere. He's got to pull from either linebackers or he's got to pull from the defensive front. And he's been pulling You know, instead of putting three, at least three defensive linemen out there, he's been putting, you know, two or or in some cases one. Well, what happens when you're light up front? Guess what? The opposing team, that they have a good running game, they're going to destroy you. We saw that against the Cardinals, you know, when the Cardinals ran like crazy against them. You know, the Cowboys have Zeke Elliott. You know, you put two guys on two defensive linemen against the Cowboys guess what Zeke is going to run for a million yards probably so I think the addition of Leonard Williams now gives the Giants a little bit more uh, beef up front but also gives them a, a guy who can maybe penetrate and and create some pressure on the pocket push that pocket um, sort of serve as a, a dual role something that they really didn't have pre- previously and in, in any you know shape of consistency
0: that's all great information that actually puts in some, some perspective i mean it's tough when we kind of see these things flash on twitter we see the the uh, the news show up online and you kind of are all so you know myopic on your own team that you don't get the kind of full picture of what the thinking is behind uh, the individual team when they make a trade but that does make a lot more sense you know i mean especially as they they use their defense uh that way to to be able to they're going to need kind of more Hog mollies on those defensive lines, someone to actually take up and, and destroy blocking schemes and hey, Leonard Williams, if he's anything, he can destroy blocking schemes. So uh any predictions on uh on what th- things are gonna go how things are gonna go on Monday night?
1: Well Primetime games are just not very kind to the Giants. Um, they're coming off a, a very emotional loss against the Lions, a loss in which the players decided to hold a players-only meeting. Mm. Um, when you get that, you know that's never really a good sign. But uh, yeah. we'll see if it has any kind of impact. Meanwhile, the Cowboys—they're coming, coming off a bye week. They're rested, so I, I got to give the advantage to them. I mean, I know, that's not going to resonate well with with the. Locked on Giants listeners, but, you know, uh, I haven't... Like I've been saying every week, I need to see something to believe again. And until such time when I see it from both sides of the ball, I, I, I'm just going to have a hard time saying that the Giants, you know, are, are, are a slam dunk to win a team, uh, win a game rather.
0: Yeah, I think for us, I mean, I... I would probably lean towards the Cowboys winning at this point, too, just because of where both of our teams are at this point. But at the same time, I think there's a certain amount of prove it for the Cowboys, too. I mean, I think for them to win that game last week against Philadelphia was huge, and it got things rolling in the right direction. But if this team is going to do anything, they have got to stop this kind of roller coaster nature of up and down. Um, And this is definitely a game that if the Cowboys aren't serious and and don't take seriously – uh, when they come in that I feel like the Giants could surprise them, I think that like I said, this is a very different team the the one we faced in in the week one and um and I think that uh it, it, the cowboys need to pay a mind not just to the new quarterback but some of the other pieces around the quarterback and on the defense and 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 recognize that this is not going to necessarily be uh, uh the same game that they had the first week, and that they need to pay heed to what's going on so I I think it might actually be a closer game than than we anticipate, but we will see, won't we?
1: Yeah, I just hope it's an interesting game because, you know, there's nothing worse, and especially when when it's a home game and it's a night game, there's nothing worse than just sitting there and it's a blowout and you're sitting there and you're saying, God, when is this game going to end?
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.